0: Wait, stop, let's take that again. What how am I trying to say this? This is so dumb. Hey
1: everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative, storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Hello, Brian. Hello, Brandon. We are back yet again with another Lightning Rounds. And we've had a few topics recently kind of chatting about some meta topics around these jobs we have, not so much on the clinical side, but on the the job having side. Things like um, how to get burned out or how to avoid it and, you know, just how to be generally kind of fulfilled and excellent at the work we do. But I was kind of thinking, and I realized that what we have not really directly looked at is the other side of that, which is on a very basic level, how to um, how to not suck. In other words, how to basically not lose jobs. And I don't mean um, how to not uh, you know how to enjoy your job well enough that you don't want to quit them, which I guess overlaps somewhat with this, but literally. How to have a, a long career in this work without getting fired, forced out of positions, um, and, and it kind of everything on that spectrum of of getting shit canned, which can look in look different ways in different situations. But this is obviously not specific to medicine, although you know a lot of the subtopics are. Um, but I, I think that's kind of part of the problem. There's a lot of people who are may even be good at at medicine clinically, but don't seem to understand a lot of this. How do you just hold down a job as an employee, uh, how to do it well, and, and sort of to have as long of a career in whatever position you choose to as, as you want to have? And uh, this means some people lose positions or opportunities that they otherwise would have liked to or unable to get them in the first place, or they just kind of struggle along and have a hard time or <laughs> make things difficult for other people uh and i'm i'm sure that we can all think of people who have been in this position sometimes us who just never developed that skill or for whatever reason have a hard time with it and i I almost want to say it's more common in this than in other work i I don't know if that's true or not but there may be the uh, particular propensity for people in medicine to have that kind of dr house phenomenon where they're they may maybe very smart or very good at some things we do and that almost seems like it makes them not as good at some of these practical skills. Maybe that's a cop out, but at the very least you don't necessarily have both.
0: Yeah, I think I know I think you're right. I think it probably is a little bit more prevalent in medicine. Um not in every field because there's probably other fields very similar, right? But I think you're right. This is a field that a lot of people go into having really never done anything else. Um you know, I worked with a doc one time who got his license suspended for a year for some issues, and uh, and he said, you know, he had to go work part time at Home Depot because uh, he said I literally have no other skills. I I went from working at you know McDonald's in high school to being a doctor because that's a lot of how times how this. Per- career progression works uh, in this industry yeah, and
1: some people never even the mcdonald's part they literally yeah. you know pretty much from school yeah, to this yeah yeah
0: it's it's school 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 and then the next thing you know you're doing this so
1: yeah so it's like it, it, i guess life skills is what what you can be lacking i mean maybe a little less for apps like you and me because typically this is a, a second career sort of you do something else first for you guys they were a bedside nurse perhaps and for us something else but as we talked about, that's maybe less and less true these days. So a lot of very young people getting into this work and certainly for, um, uh, for their physicians and yeah, that might, that might be part of it. Yeah.
0: Well, and I've noticed a difference working with APPs who did something non-medical first, right? So, um, you know, a lot of people, like you said, this is a second career, but the first career was still medicine, right? Right. You're a nurse, you're a paramedic, a respiratory therapist, something like that. But, um, you do occasionally encounter people. I was one, I was a web developer before I was a nurse, uh, who, who did something different. You know, somebody, people were in sales. Um, I worked with a a nurse one time who was a cop for a while. Um, and, and I think, especially if you are in a very different industry than healthcare, you tend to have a little bit more of those, like you said, for lack of a better term, life skills, uh, because you've at had least to deal different, with different skills. Yeah. yeah, different skills. I guess is versus the, is just the, right the echo say. chamber
1: yeah. of of medicine. Right. Yeah, and there's, uh, I'm sure, other echo chambers. Like if you spent your whole career in, I don't know, the military or you know other things. Sure, that sure. Is, yeah, its own culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, let's just start generally. If we look at this general phenomenon of sort of having these difficulties, whether that means. Losing jobs, I don't know, getting like disciplined or having trouble at your job, interpersonal problems, not being able to get positions you want, things like that. Um, what what tends to cause this sort of thing? Like what if if we're going to make a generalization, what is the what is the skill people are lacking? What is it? What is it? People are doing that's creating these problems or can you not
0: make a generalization? Is it a, a lot of different things? I don't know. I mean, I think, I do think that there is a sort of common theme to it. I'm not sure exactly how to put it into words. Uh, but I think a lot of it is this lack, lack of understanding, I guess, of the concept of, I don't have to always be right. Even if I'm right. You know what I mean? Um, people who don't know how to pick their battles people who don't understand that it's not enough to have the facts on your side necessarily, uh, that there's sometimes other issues involved and things like that. Those are the people I think who tend to make enemies um, and not for reasons like, oh, they don't like the truth. No, just because you're kind of a jerk about it or um, like I said, you just you don't know where to invest your, your social capital, so to speak, right? I'm going to fight every single fight that comes up and then you just become the guy who fights every fight.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good generalization. It's it's the guy who like it seems like every day they're finding new hills to to die upon. And sometimes you're like, could, could you just like take it
0: easy for <laughs> and and oftentimes they're not wrong, right? They're right. They're, that's it, not the point. It, it's not the That's that they're not the point, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the point is it's not a fight worth having. Um, you know, and, and I see this a lot in places where you run into entrenched culture. Like this is the way we do things here. And, you know, somebody says, well, but you're wrong, but are they wrong? Maybe they're not, I mean, it's not the only way to do it, but it doesn't make their way wrong anymore than makes your way. Right. Uh, and sometimes it's okay to change culture, but you have to kind of know like, well, what's worth having a fight about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I, I guess I'll try to generalize this with. One of two things. One is that problems come up when people don't like you. And the other is that problems come up when you keep creating problems of some kind for the institution, whoever you work for. So those are the same thing, basically. But the people don't like you is more like a horizontal thing. It's with your, your colleagues and the people. And the problems are like a, a vertical thing. You're creating, uh, you're basically your boss or your boss's bosses. Or you're making problems for them. Um, and I guess I'll say one additional thing, which is that really when you're working for any kind of larger employers, which mostly we are, institutions, you know, the reason you have concrete, actionable problems is not necessarily either of those because you can do both of those and kind of slip under the radar. It's uh, it's when they're like you're making a problem for other people and the problems are are documented <laughs> and provable, so they're 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 real in the in the corporate sense of real. Things that just sort of happen in the ephemera are can kind of go by the wayside. But when you just keep appearing on on people's radar. And it's in a way that is is concrete. It's what uh, what's the Harry Potter meme McGonagall is is like Hermione and those guys. And she's like, why is it whenever something happens? It's one of you people. It's when you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but in a way that uh, exists in a in a real way, that's when you start to kind of move down this slope towards it causing problems for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that, um, the nature of people who do this job and the nature of, well, the the nature of what we think medicine is like, uh, tends to amplify that, right? Things are right and things are wrong. This is truth and this is false. Um, you know, and I think once you get into this business for a while, you realize that well, very few things are black and white. Lots, there's lots of gray. But you know, at first, everything seems like there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. And I think it's real easy to get, especially if you're a science-minded person. Right? There's objective truth. It's real easy to get into that. Of, but you're wrong and I'm right and. But you're right. You, you don't want to be the person, right, who, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll have faculty ask me about a student, you know, uh, what, what do you think about, the, what do you know about this student? And I'll go, I don't, I don't really remember them all that well. Um, and they go, you know what? That's not bad. Because <laughs> remembering a student tends to mean one of two things. They were great, or they were awful. Um, and you know, it's fine to be remembered for being great. You definitely don't want to be known for being awful, right? You don't want to be the person who, when your your name comes up, people go, oh, yeah, I know that guy.
1: Yeah. You might think you want to be that person, but to do that in a positive way is a really kind of a narrow needle to thread. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And really, it's, um, I, I think this does apply in pretty much everywhere. And it really in life and not just in jobs that you can only die on so many hills and you have a, a fixed, a finite amount, not fixed, but finite amount of capital to spend on, you know, which, which hills you want those to be. And like you said, it's not necessarily a matter of what you're right about, although that I think that pertains to it because the kind of people who are always getting in these fights are often the kind of people who do have a very black and white sense of what right is. And it does help, I think, to evolve mature clinically to understand that that's just not always that true. So then you can start to accept more gray areas and allow that to temper your enthusiasm. Because when are you going to get all up in arms about something? When, When you really feel like it's absolutely wrong, right? You know, it's whatever, it's hurting people, it makes no sense, whatever. If you can at least see some other side to it, you might still fall you know the you know we should do it differently but you're less likely to be like oh my god this is like a huge deal right and right. sometimes seeing that other side is not necessarily the the medical part and that's the tricky part it may be that like medically things should be a certain way but the the you know countervailing parts of it are practical financial interpersonal all of those sticky things, which you may not want to engage with, but I mean that really is maturity, right? Understanding that you, that you, things don't happen or get done without acknowledging those, and uh, and that they can absolutely have enough weight to to change how things are done. There might be one thing that is is better and makes more sense, but there's all these practical reasons, and it's not such a big deal that there it's possible or worth it to to overcome them and. I think kind of getting all that is I guess part of getting over getting older and <laughs> maturing. I mean, you see people who have been doing this job for decades and decades and one strategy that you'll see sometimes, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but definitely a working strategy is to just kind of not care too much. It, this kind of like blasé attitude about things that will get will get you through where some of these people who are always getting fired up about stuff, they don't they don't last as long these guys who have been like a like a furniture at an institution for 40 years they're often the guys who can not necessarily don't care about anything but stuff happens and they're able to be like eh. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know I did what I could whatever maybe we can try to do something whatever but it's not you got to be able to kind of roll with the punches
0: yeah i used to work i used to work with a nurse practitioner who uh, he he wanted to argue about everything like that, you know, and uh, and and he would come up and and again he was right more often than he was wrong. He would come up with data that says you know this is not we shouldn't be doing it this way or whatever. But but his his data would more often than not say there's no benefit to what we're doing, right? And I would point out that the data also says there's no harm, right? And if there's no harm, and you know everybody else, including the people who let's face it. There's hierarchical power in medicine, right? So if the chair of your department or the chief of surgery or whatever wants to do it one way, he's going to get more pull than you or I, right? So instead of going and fighting the guys with the pull over something that is not causing any harm, just because there's no benefit proven, maybe it's okay to just say, it's fine, right?
1: Yeah, there's a balance, right? I mean, you yeah. you need to be able to zoom out a little bit, and for any particular issue, say, is this worth you know spending some of my my capital in this position at this institution to try to to change? How much of that capital you have was going to depend, right? How long you've been there, how many people you know, your position, and how much power is invested in it. Um, and frankly, how much you've spent on other things, right? So if you've been making a big push in a lot of other areas, you just don't have as much ammunition to take on something else. You don't have the time for it. People are not as interested in hearing about it because it's one more thing from you. Um, And, you know, so on and so forth. And this applies. We're talking about, like, I guess, clinical practice and things, but this applies to anything you want. So, So things you personally want, you want more money, a better schedule, a different office or something. That's something you may have to like lean on and try to make happen. And capital you spend on that may not, you know, be capital you have to push for a new ultrasound in the department or whatever, or, um, you know, whatever. So you only have so much, uh, whatever, uh, footing to stand on to move mountains. And, and at the end of the day, um, sometimes the best, strategy for something is to just let this be not the battle you're fighting to kind of let things lay fallow for a while and say, I need to fade into the background for a a little bit (laughs) so that I'm not constantly popping up on people's radar because that's not, you know, a late step, but an an early step towards being a a problem like Harry Potter.
0: Right. Right. Well, and I think, you, you know, you mentioned non-clinical stuff, um, you know, I had an attending once who would say on the clinical side of things, you know, I don't argue, I don't fight every fight, so that when I do, people really take notice, right? They go, oh, that guy never pushes back on stuff, and he's really pushing back on this. Um, and, and with the non-clinical stuff, I think a great example is, like you said, with the schedule you want. You know, if you, if you're somebody who says like, Hey, I have, you know, a a lot of things I need to to be off for, right? We we all know this is a, this is a non-traditional life we live, right? Where the world is scheduled around people who work Monday through Friday, nine to five. So things happen in the evening, things happen on the weekends. Uh, My daughter does gymnastics and when it's meet season, we'll have all of these weekends that we know she's going to have gymnastics meets. And we don't get a lot of details up front because they just assume that well, you're off every weekend, right? So just show up. Uh, and so I have to end up asking off for this whole weekend, even though I really might only need a couple of hours on a Saturday. And But I know that when I make my schedule, I know that I'm kind of being a, a bit of a pain by asking for this. So I try to be sure that I'm the one that will happily, you know, come in when we need help. Or I'll, I'll be the one who says, you know, oh, somebody's looking to switch and yeah, I can do it. I mean, I want to, but I'll, I'll, I'll switch with you because I understand that that builds me some relational capital with folks for when I, when I need something.
1: Yeah. And a lot of these, um, measures you can take to, uh, kind of fertilize the ground for you to <laughs> work with later are that the benefit to you is not going to be very immediately obvious. It is right. a long, a long game. And so it, it again is good to look at kind of that overall balance of like, you know, how much value you're bringing versus how much of a pain you are and try to kind of keep it in the, what's the good one, the black. So that, uh, you know, yeah. later you have something to drop on. Cause then it's going to be a little too late when you, when you need a favor or something and the only thing people can think of is like, oh, it's that fucking guy. Um, yeah. it's too late, you know. <laughs> right.
0: Well, I had an attending once. Who I, he um, was given a talk to new interns, and so a couple of us went um, to a, you know it was in the afternoon. We weren't busy, and honestly, we kind of thought we'll sit in the back and kind of heckle him a little bit, right? He was that kind of guy. We got along well, well with him and joked around with him, but he was a really good teacher. And he would he said this uh, when he's talking about kind of being prepared as an intern. And he said, you know, there's going to be times when you mess up. So prepare for that by being the best you can be all the time. He said, you know, I would go in every day, super prepared. I'd get there early. I'd, you know, be ready. I'd I'd have read up the night before. And so he said, then inevitably when something went wrong and I made a mistake, instead of being the guy that they yelled at and jumped all over because, oh my gosh, you screwed this up there would be so much grace because they'd be like, well, he's always early. He's always prepared. This is really a fluke. And he said, you know, everybody makes mistakes. That's a human thing. And if you're the person who normally is doing a really good job, then everybody is much more ready to recognize that you're just a human being versus if you're the guy, like you said, who's oh that guy, right? Why is it always you three? Um, you know, if you're always rolling in late to sign out, if you're always the one who's calling in because of this, that, or the other, if you're always the one who's asking to leave early, then when something happens, people are going to be like, you know, the guy's unreliable, right? Versus, well, he's always super reliable. This is clearly just, he had an off day.
1: Yeah. There's a a tough balance because on one hand, sometimes the way you'll see things is, if something is being asked of you that is not technically part of the minimum requirement of your position, you your inclination is to say no uh, that uh, I don't have to do that, so I won't, and that that is reasonable. I mean, there is there is something to that. For instance, you know, a common thing might be uh, the schedule is made clinically, something happens or gets moved around, and they need someone to cover an extra shift. And it's pretty common in some uh, teams, and I I don't really like doing that i i am a creature of habit once i know my skin especially like last minute I, even if my plan is just to like lay around all day that's that was my plan so i i am not super into that um but the other way of looking at it is that balance where some at some point you are going to need something which is also technically not something that they have to give you <laughs> so yeah. if if you are never doing anything but the a- absolute minimum required of you then that's all you can kind of expect to also get, and th- that's a that's a pretty like uh tight diet to be given on either side so there's there's a balance here you don't want to be taken advantage of, but at the same time, any team which is you know more than the most rote procedural job where your job was to turn a crank or something, and we're not that it is more complicated than that um you do have to expect that the the team of people getting the work done it it, there stuff goes on and happens and you do have to kind of see yourself as part of that team. Cause if you're not part of the team, then you're not part of the team.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. There's a fine line between being a team player and being taken advantage of. And if you're in a position where you are constantly doing and giving and getting nothing in return, then I would say, a lot of people would say, well, stop, stop giving. I would say, leave, right. Find a new team because you're not part of that team. You're yeah, not part I'm, of that team, side, Yeah. Right. You're, you are being taken advantage of at that point. Um, I personally have no desire to be in a organization where I can't, don't feel like I can just give freely because it's just going to be being taken, being taken advantage of. Right. And I've been very fortunate. All the teams I've ever worked with, um, are like that. Like if I, you know, I, give and I get back in return right and, and everybody sort of understands that not everybody but most people you know
1: well like you said I think the amount that you give and we're using that term generally but I think that is is more of a product of who you are and it, it's probably not that easy to modify you know it may self-modify over the long term as you change but so yeah if if you're giving x amount and you're not you're not getting rewarded for it is probably the wrong position because it's a position that is not interested in that and doesn't mm-hmm. care I mean they'll they'll take You'll, you're your free labors, but <laughs> it's not a right. it's not a team. Um, okay, so one of the subtleties that comes up here, I think, also is if you're going to ask the question of how to you know do these things well, how to be a good employee and team member, um, some people would say, how much should I care at all? Uh, you know, I let's say they say, oh, I care about the, doing medicine well or something. Maybe they do that. Why do I care about anything else? And I'm tempted to say that the amount you should care depends on who you are. <laughs> in other words, in the real world, in the 2023, in America, whatever, um, some people can get away with more. And some people can are not able to. And it, it depends on how, frankly, how important you are, meaning how valuable are you to the team and to the institution. There are absolutely people who are considered such high-value workers that they could, they could do almost anything, because they, they literally are like bringing in millions of dollars or, or something. or if they went away, the hospital would close. I mean, you could imagine what a person like that could do, and you know they will have every possible opportunity to get away with it. I think the other side is how much you care about uh, the position. I mean you see people who are like job hoppers and they're more than happy to take a job for six months and then get another job across town because it, it paying like a dollar more or or whatever for just in the smallest reasons and that sounds awful to me because that, that's a big pain to change jobs but if that's really like you're totally cool with that then sure the the you know the amount of work you're willing to do to maintain one position and some of these things go into that um maybe less. I guess I would say that none of this is a, a good reason to not have the, um, the set to like hold down a job. (laughs) You could always choose not to apply it. I mean, you could, if you are the neurosurgeon in chief or something, and you're like the most essential person in the hospital, you could decide to not care what you say or do and like not wear pants and swear at everyone (laughs) or whatever. Um, but if you if you don't even have the skills to not do that, then it's not a choice. <laughs> you better be the neurosurgeon chief because you're not going to keep any other job. So I think we probably all have the the toolkit, and then you know how much you apply it m-
0: maybe depends. When you when you when you deal with surgeons, there's this equation that will often come up: right that you can you can be incompetent, or you could be a jerk, but you can't be both, right? So you we will often let people get away with being kind of a jerk if they're really good at what they do, but you can't be, uh, you can't be a jerk and not be the best, right? Ideally you want to have both, right? You want to be nice and qualified, but you can't, certainly can't be, you can't be uh, incompetent and awful to deal with.
1: Right. and I think that applies to most, I think I've, I've said before on the show, you, you can be you know mad about something and make a big fuss, um and you could be wrong about stuff but you really don't want to be both at the same time ideally right. you're, n- right. you're you're neither right. ever i mean it's it's not really a good excuse that you're right to to be a, a pain but if you're the guy who's like raising a stink or like or like being an asshole or yelling us and you are, you are not right that is a yeah. very bad situation to be in yeah. <laughs> cuz that that is the um that is the kind of thing that peop that people will like retaliate about cuz you 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 have no leg to stand on. And there's people will never be as self-righteous as when as when you were, you know, rude and wrong at the same time. So right. just make sure that you are, you know, unassailably correct if you're deciding to today be an asshole about something. I mean, think twice if you want to at all, of course, but Um I I think also that the um this is one of those life lessons the the amount that anyone else cares about the things you care about ultimately is going to depend on how much it, it matters to them. And when it comes to making things happen, which usually involve money, time, manpower, you know, support of different kinds. That means going up the chain to people who are, you know, your bosses and things that matter to them are not always the things that matter to you. I mean, you'd like to think that if patient care is what matters to you, never mind things like where your office is, um, but even patient care, which is what we do, yeah, I guess, hopefully, on some level, the powers that be are interested in that, but it's kind of disconnected. So the things that are priorities to your managers and executives, um, it may be behoove you to understand what those are. Because, again, hopefully they overlap somewhat with your priorities, but they're probably not the exact same thing. If your priority is like, we, uh, whatever, we need a new ultrasound machine. Um, can you find a way to link that with, with their priorities? Cause these are all just human beings. They all got their own problems. You got your problems and you're trying to make your problems, their problems. How can you show them that your problems are their problems? And if you could show them that, you know, this will, uh, you know, reduce costs, you know, increase revenues, uh, know, improve some, core metrics that they're tracking, something like that, they're going to say, this is this is relevant to me. So if it's something else, I mean, you may be able to catch their ear for a second, but it's going to be at the bottom of their list of priorities, and it's got probably not, no chance against all the other countless priorities they have. It's going to go in this big bucket of things that sound like a nice idea that are not a priority, and then unless everything else above it gets blown away, none of that stuff's ever going to see the light of day. And you know, guess what? That never happens. There's always some new stuff. So.
0: Right. Well, I was just I was just talking to some students uh, a couple of days ago. we were talking about call, calling consults. And I said, you know, this is gonna come out sounding like I'm saying that people are lazy jerks and I'm not saying that this is human nature, right? The human nature is I have a lot to do. So if I can get out of doing the next thing that somebody tries to assign me, I'm going to. right? So when you call a, so I was to say, when you call a consult, you have to convince them that this is something, for them to do, right? Or otherwise, they're going to try to pawn it off on someone else, or try and say, it's not my problem. And I think, like you said, the same thing. If you're going to go to an administrator and say, I want to spend $10,000 on a new ultrasound machine, they're going to go, well, that's, that's a problem that and I have plenty of problems, right? So why should I care about this? Does it solve one of my other problems? If it does, then now I'm interested, right? So You know, we often say it's the right thing to do for patients or whatever. uh, And in a perfect world, that would be enough. But if you can show that, like you said, what are the metrics? What are the things they care about? Will it reduce um, some other problem that we have? Okay, great. Will it save us money? Okay, great. Will it, you know, things like that. Um, You know, I mean, that's one of the arguments for our profession in general, right? Is that by going and working alongside our physician colleagues we make it easier for them to do the things that they can do so we add value even if it's not in terms of money right so understanding what people what people's motivation is i guess um, because like you said just because it's your you're interested doesn't mean they're going to be interested
1: yeah and you say if you could find a way to solve one of their problems um, it's also not going to be less potent if the problem that you try to solve is one that you you just told them about like, they, right. they didn't know it was a problem. Right. And now now you're trying to convince them that it is. Their first reaction is going to be like, all right, I mean, it wasn't a problem two minutes ago. So I'm hoping that if you go away, it's not going to be a problem
0: again, <laughs> as right. far as I'm it concerned. It sounds like you're my problem. Right yeah, now, so.
1: exactly. <laughs> no, but if the, it was a problem that, that has been a problem for them, and they've right. been hearing about it, they didn't have a solution, and now you're saying, I can help with that problem, that's much more powerful. Now, you can try to make that happen by um, just harass them about it so that you are their problem (laughs) and it's (laughs) like i'll shut up about this (laughs) or at the very least so that you know the problem that i i told you about eight months ago is still a problem and so you know now it's like a recurring thing on their radar um but certainly it's better if you know they've been hearing about it every month Mm -hmm. at their meetings and blah 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 and now you're trying to help them with it
0: you got to be careful though because if you've created the problem uh one, one easy way to solve solve the problem is to just get rid of you so
1: Right, in one way or another, yeah. So yeah. if if it's uh, yeah. uh, the easiest thing to do what you want, then great. If that's uh, right. a hard way to do it, and it's easier to assign you to a salt mine in Siberia, then... <laughs> right? Can't really um, sure. Let's um, let's talk about conflict resolution. Uh, you know, interpersonal stuff because this this is often how issues come up. Um, I feel like you know, conflict is. Uh, not rare in this work and probably, I guess in a lot of work, but you know, it's a high stress environment. Like we said, a lot of people are probably not being selected for the people skills. Um, What are your, what are your, what are your tips for this? And it it doesn't have to be about excelling at it and being a, a, like a people person, but again, just about avoiding problems, you know, getting by staying above
0: the, whatever the lowest bar here is. Well, I I do think like we said earlier, knowing when to fight is important. Um, And, and that could be, a big thing, like trying to change policy, but it could be very simple things too. Like you just, you've gone to talk to a certain nurse five times about a thing and it's just not getting done. So you can be an ass and stand in the middle of the hallway and scream at that nurse. You could go down the hall and talk to the manager. Um, You know, but sometimes the easiest thing to do is just accept that this is how it's going to be and then go somewhere and vent to someone. It doesn't solve the problem, but if it's not a big deal, maybe that's the thing to do. Yeah, at least have that in your range
1: of options. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's important to at least try to remember and remind ourselves that nobody, including those around you, wakes up with the goal of... um, of being a jerk or being wrong, and if that is what it looks like is happening, you're probably missing part of the picture here. Yeah. Uh, so, someone I think at, at Smack liked to say that if your reaction is to say you know WTF with this person, maybe you can recharacterize that to what's what's the frame? What is the what is their perspective on this that is different from the one I have? Because if you can understand that, then what they're doing is probably going to make more sense now it could be as prosaic as like their wife just left them and they're just they're in a bad mood or whatever but often it's that they have a different uh take on the on the medicine so like well why won't these surgeons take this guy to surgery you know they have a different perspective on what's going on maybe you can come to terms that maybe they know something you don't and at the very least you're you're working with medicine again so there's room for disagreement um but you know maybe it's just a matter of like Maybe I'm sounding like a jerk, so then they're responding in the same way. Um, just trying to kind of slow down. And if you if you assume that there are no bad guys in this situation, you uh, get off on a better direction because that's the kind of the cycle that that starts to feed itself. Then if they're a bad guy, then obviously you could do whatever you want to them, uh, and then that, they're probably having the same thought and and so on. So. <laughs> You know, you know, people say if it if it felt good to say it was probably the wrong thing, and so on, and all that is probably true. But um, I I think it's also like, how do I put this? When you reach a certain a a position of a certain amount of responsibility, and I think this applies to ours, um, it comes with a responsibility to. I guess to be the the bigger person or at least to try. <laughs> you kind of lose the the right to um to just like wig out on people and to you know have really emotional responses to a lot of things. You you have to be the guy who when someone comes in and starts yelling, uh you don't. And you know you 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 stay you, you have to be above things and so on. And I don't know, maybe not forever or whatever. But you know imagine if the a patient's family member walked into the CEO's office and started screaming about something that had happened. I mean, they might call security, but do you think their reaction is going to be to scream back at them? Probably not, right? Because you, you probably don't get that position unless if that's the sort of thing you do. <laughs> Yeah, we right. live in a weird world. I mean, maybe Elon Musk would do that. But, you know, by and large, right? So I think this is kind of a responsibility. And that may explain why when you said the thing that felt good at the time, now you're, quote, in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because
0: in a way, it was sort of your job to be better than that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point, right? That That, you know, saying that out loud might make you feel better in the moment. But maybe the best thing is to just hold your tongue go you know back to your office and say it to yourself or say it to somebody you trust uh to just say i'm gonna vent because i should not say this to this person but it's gonna feel good to say it to you yeah um and like you said just to be the bigger person which is hard to do and does not always feel good but yeah and again none of
1: this has anything to do with who or what
0: is right right that,
1: that's the, that's the whole point I mean it's if your reaction is like oh well he's right and I'm wrong and he's being a jerk or whatever so therefore X that, that you're you're missing the point that's not what <laughs> you wouldn't have to be the bigger person then <laughs>
0: yeah um it's funny you know, so I, I heard this one time that we tend to expect grace more than we give it right we want everyone to consider that we are are having a bad day. Our dog got hit by a car. Uh, you know, our kid has strep throat Our, you know, I got a flat on the way to work, whatever, and give me grace accordingly. But in our interactions with other people, we assume none of that from them. Um, and I like that what you were saying about what's the frame, like, whether it's something like that, like you're having a bad day or whether it's something that you just don't understand their perspective, right? We, uh, when I used to work in a community hospital, we would have patients all the time who would, you know, just, bleed all night right the chest tube output would just continue to be high they continue to be unstable you'd call the surgeon all night long and they would just you know give you give you the blood give you the blood give you the blood and you just think why don't you just take this person back to the operating room and sure enough six o'clock would roll around and they would come be there to pick, take the person back to the operating room and you would think i don't understand right you're getting woken up on it's not like you're getting a good night's sleep so this isn't laziness what why are you just dumb? Why? Why not? I don't understand. And then somebody explained it to me that you know in this particular hospital, the, they didn't run the OR all night. Right, going back to the OR was a big deal, and it meant calling in people from home who were then obviously disgruntled that they got called in from home. They had, it cost a lot of money, and hospital administration would keep a list. And if you got on that list of the, you're the guy that calls the OR in in the middle of the night too much then you had to answer to hospital administration. And so once I knew that it was a lot easier to understand that oh okay so they're going to try to do whatever they can. It's not that they would never do it. They would come in sometimes. But they would try to do whatever they could to not be that guy. Yeah.
1: And that that black and white person would say like that that's not right, but right. the like nuanced person would say it's not it's is it worth it and Right.
0: And understanding where they where they're coming from made it a lot easier
1: um all right what other tips can we give to holding down a job I guess i'll offer I'll offer one general one which is that um if something is not in writing it is not real and that applies to just about anything something you were promised as part of your your employment conditions when you were hired, something you were promised later, oh, there's going to be a raise, you're going to have this time off, whatever, Um, or something bad, right? So again, we're talking about the, the argument you had, whatever. Things tend to not be real unless it can go into a file that someone can then use to justify what happens after. So if you can get someone to put in writing that you're going to have that raise in six months, and it, any writing, something that you can prove, I mean, it all sort of counts. Um, doesn't have to say contract at the top, an email, whatever. Um, then that, that is actually going to happen, or if it doesn't, you can make a stink about it. If someone just mentioned that to you, there's a good chance that it will never happen, or at least what we're saying is you're dependent on their goodwill or their their word on this matter. And whether or not the person you're talking to is actually a good person is sort of immaterial. Because in this situation, they're not being a personal person, they're being a a representative of their institution. And the institution has no goodwill towards you. It just, they have interests. So if one of their interests is not getting sued because they violated some contractual thing they promised you, then that is relevant to them. If their only interest is like someone said something to you and now you can't prove it, they have no interest there. So get stuff in writing. Or on the other hand, you know, something happens, if it gets put into writing, now it can potentially be something real for you. Whereas, you know, you'll see people very, very, very often. Um, You try to discuss something. Maybe you send them an email and they won't email you back. They'll come find you in person or talk to you on the phone. That's because they don't want what they're saying in writing. <laughs> you get, th- this is sort of one of the games you can play here, which is like it—you know—people with different interests trying or trying to avoid things being put down in a recorded form, so that it doesn't come or does come back later. So un- understand this kind of key difference for the things that you want or things that you don't want, um, which is that you know nothing's real unless you know, unless you could prove it, basically.
0: Right, right, and you know sometimes that. Um Place to your advantage right maybe some so maybe you know your boss says uh come come talk to me let's talk face to face because i don't think this is that big a deal and i don't want it on the record because i don't want it like an official i'm reprimanding you yeah it makes it um real. you know because it makes it real yeah
1: and that because they're and they're doing that because they understand that um yeah. so it's just kind of behooves you too as well you know they an email chain gets sent around to the whole department or something um you know, there's 30 people on there and like one person actually replies to it, right? It's not because people aren't reading it or talking about it or even talking to the person who sent it, having discussions. They just don't want it to like live forever.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
1: What else should we say about this?
0: I don't know. I think it all comes down to like we've we've sort of said in, in lots of different ways. is just you know, be the kind of person that you want to work with, and you'll get along with people. Um. You know. Don't fight every fight. Sometimes you just have to put yourself in other people's shoes and say, Maybe I don't understand what the problem is. That's okay. I'm just gonna move on. You know, be a team player, that sort of thing. Like I said, just yeah. be the be the person that you would want to work with.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, 95% of these problems boil down to, like I said, people had a personal problem with you, or you were a problem for the institution, which ultimately means you know, money, regulations, things like that. So if you can avoid either of those, you are at least uh, not unlikable. And you are not creating issues that are, you know, on paper, inviting investigations, um, you know, costing money, stuff like that. You're probably a long career. None of this, you'll notice, has anything to do with the medicine you're practicing. And yep. that's I think the error people make they think that is the issue the the goal of the job anything else is is irrelevant and that's just not this is not real life no matter what you're doing even a solo right. practitioner that's not how it is
0: yeah the other thing I think I would add is when it comes to conflicts and stuff at work um I would say I realize a lot of times it is it really is not personal um I was just thinking when you were talking I had a friend once who um was fired from a job and he would talk about how you know it was because he had this big conflict with his boss, and um, he really hadn't didn't know her that well. Like she had, was fairly new to the organization and had only been in the position for a few months. But you know, then then it became you know, well, people have poisoned her against me, that sort of thing. And years later, he went back and worked for the same institution and ran into this boss, and he thought, oh, it's going to be all you know, horrible and she didn't even really remember him. And in his mind, he had made it this big thing where they were like enemies and she was like, Oh, nice to meet you. And he was like, what? And when they talked, she was like, Oh you know, I, I vaguely do remember that. Now that was like when I first started, but she didn't remember the details and it wasn't personal, right? It was literally just business. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and th- that means that a lot of those things that turn into something that maybe gets you fired, you you made that happen. You 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 took something that was not an issue, and you you made it. One. And you see that all the time, right? There's yeah. a dispute of some kind. Who even knows how it started? But it started as a non-issue in the larger sense, meaning like nothing was on paper, whatever. <laughs> and then right. someone like did something that made it real, you know? Right. They, they like, started yelling in the hallway in front of the patient. They sent off the email that cannot be retrieved or whatever. And now now it's real in the institutional sense, and now they're the asshole. It's like the people say that, you know, you get in a bar fight, no one sees who threw the first punch because they weren't paying attention. They see you punch them back. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, be aware of that. It's not about what's right. It's about who who, who can see it, but... All right, maybe that's enough on this topic. Uh, I hope this has been helpful for people. Again, this is a little maybe uninspired, but this is like real life stuff. And to be able to do the inspirational, interesting things, these are like bare minimum requirements. There there is a lot of uh, talented people who could be helping people a lot more, but uh, are unable to because of a lot of these other obstacles. Again, you might think you're Dr. House, but you're more likely uh, Dr. Cox. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, shit. Uh, Dr. House didn't do well on his show either. I mean, that's maybe a a good example as well. You know, even if you're that good, it's still you're uh, much better off if you can just kind of get along. So do what you can. Um, And we'd love to chat with you guys about it. Otherwise, uh, talk next time.